You're listening to the Venture Creative Podcast. At the intersection of artistry and commerce lies entrepreneurship, a space inhabited by the doers and the dreamers. Together, we'll unpack all things about business and its intrinsic creativity. I'm your host, Kurt Wolbenhorst. Welcome to the podcast. Um, today, really pumped, we have Shane Stanton, producer, engineer, mixer, entrepreneur, owner of Glower Studios, because you have a period after Glower and your brand Thank name, you. which I love. Glower Studios. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> um, longtime friend, uh, collaborator. Um, we've worked together on many, many things. Um, so I'm excited to have you on. Thanks Thank for coming. Thank you, man. man. Thank you so much. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, we have so much to unpack today. So I like... I want to get right into it. Um, normally, I find that we're like just messing around at the beginning, but I, I have a feeling that's literally going to be the entire duration could, of this podcast. You could just put a mic and a camera in front of us and we can just talk. Yeah. Um, so there's so many things I want to extract today. Um, and you've been through the gamut. Your journeys, um, I've seen the journey from uh, from interesting positions and um I guess maybe the best place to start, give us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing now, what you're working on, um, what excites you, things like that. Yeah. I think um, I'm at a point now in my career, especially post-COVID, and I think with separation, that I wanted to very simply have a place where people could be together again to create a bit of a, uh, an escape, a place for artists to really... Um, fully dive into something that they necessarily can't do at home. That's really the big picture of creating a community for that post COVID. It's a lot of what my, uh, my mission statement, I guess you could say is, um, you've had that vision for a while. I have, I think it's just like, I kind of had to like figure out like how to, I think with anything like this stuff, like takes clarity for it, like organically takes time for me to kind of figure this out. I, I don't know if I would have had the same answer like six, eight months ago when I was, Still at your place. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at currently. I think up until then, similarly, a lot of my vision has been doing high-level stuff with a high-level team for building upon something for a greater good. I think that's the most general zoomed-out version of what I'm doing. And for me, that's making records. So, the Are, are you technically still millennial? That's very mil- yeah, I am. That's a very millennial... Uh, yeah. Why? Well, what is it like? What's the range? 84 to 94, 95? Yeah. I'm 91, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're well in, you're well in there. But, um, yeah, the idea of... The idea... There's nothing better than hitting at the end of a film or any sort of creative team together after we finished a product, project or product and we realize we made something bigger than we thought we could together. That might be my ultimate one of my ultimate highs in life, one of my ultimate just sources of just enjoying that we came together and made something bigger than what we thought we could do. Sure. Um, that really carries over more philosophically in what I want to do today. And that's essentially your job. That is my job. That's essentially your job, yeah. which is cool. Like, so do you, do you, have you realized those parallels um, fully in terms of, that's obviously always the role of a producer, producer, right. engineer. Right, right. You're always trying to make the sum greater than the, the sum, the whole greater than the sum the of sum. its parts, right? Um, have you fully realized that from a like business perspective? Because you're, you've been in business for yourself forever, essentially. That's, right. That's always the role in, in the music industry. But now that you're in a real business owner, like actually business, this is different. business owner, um, what, when did that realization happen? What was that, what was that like? Honestly, and I think some of you guys have mentioned this too, um, last couple months. I mean, mm. it's forever an ongoing process, but I don't feel like the weight of, my friend Sean told me this too, the first couple months of like getting the space, a bit of the dopamine, the honeymoon period of some of that. And the actuality of, I think, when you get settled and really see the weight of the scope of what you're doing. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of the other far, fun part right now is that I love being on my own because every day it feels a little bit like the Wild West and I'm just figuring it out still. Very simply. Like, I, you know, I, I don't. Yeah. 
but I really feel a lot more confident in terms of like what about two or three months ago, the weight of like, once everything settled down a bit, all right, all right, here's a business. This is what I need to grow. And I think I'm starting to get a grasp of what I need to do to continue it. Do you think because the nature of your working in your business mm-hmm. as opposed to working on your business, working yes. in your business, producing bands, project, yeah. projects come in, right? In, in general, most, most workflows are probably, hey, we're going to record X amount of songs and mm-hmm. you go through pre-pro with them and they send demos and then, all right, we're getting prepped and we're getting sounds and then we put it together and then we record and then we mix and then it gets off to master and then the project's done and that's a release. Yes. And we've moved on. We've on the next one. That's working in your business. They're working on your business, which is Glower Studios. Glower Studios. And <laughs> I know. I lo- I lo- yeah, yeah, yeah. I get Glower or just Glower Studios. So I'm like, your attention to detail is. That's perfect. It's, yeah. Um, so, from a business perspective, obviously, when you're working on your business, mm-hmm. because so much of your work cycle is um, short term project cycle. Right. Which is not too dissimilar from mine. We have a, I put up a listing. Yeah. We get a contract on it. We take it up through the under contract period, and that album is over. We've, we've yeah, and then you're on to the next one. Sure. On to the next one. Um, and you develop a relationship, and I mean, you have clients. It's very, you're dealing with high levels of money. There's intimacy involved. Yeah. All sure. that stuff parallels. Yeah. It's I'm crazy. dealing with per- people's personal problems in a very intimate space. So do you feel like when you look at Glower Studios as a whole, because you have two businesses, yes. essentially. You have Shane Stanton, music producer, engineer, mixer, and you have Glower Studios, Shane Stanton, business owner of a physical I'm, location. And I have two other partners, and I've, it's, there's admin, there's, you know, yep. there's building maintenance, there's a whole other side that people don't see day to day. Yeah. So do you look at, because so much of your world is project driven, how does that... Um, how do you feel? Have you figured out um, what your approach to Glower looks like? Is it similar? Do you feel like, hey, I'm moving this season. We're trying to do this at the studio. This season, that project's over. This season, we're trying to do this. Or do you think, like, um, f- you know, one, three, five year plan? Yeah, I think it's more of the latter. I think I've had so many professional and personal changes happen. I haven't wanted to be. I've been a little bit more on the patient conservative side with really getting this thing from the ground up. And I think next year is really going to be ultimately the big push Mm. because I've kind of had to, with a lot of things happening, figure out that I don't make impulsive decisions. I let things build organically and I make sure that I'm in a place that I can still maintain right now, but then really push later. Cause I really, I've been really trying to figure out exactly a lot of things have changed. And I think with that, I'm trying to adapt and make sure I make decisions that are, true to who I am and true to what I really want this to be. Hmm. What have been the biggest influences to you in business um, that have changed, changed, solidified, clarified your direction over the last year to three years? A lot. Yeah. I think it's going to like a lot. It's like such a process, like every day. Um, and there were definitely some things that you told me that I wouldn't, and Sean told me, I mean, George told me, like, you won't know till you're in it. And I think some of those things have definitely come to a head. Um, I N- think, nice to know they're coming. They are coming. Yeah, 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 no, I mean, it was like that old phrase, you know, if you do, uh, you'll never work a day of your life. If you love what you do, that person never really worked that job because there's nothing ever that's perfect, right? <laughs> totally crap. Yeah, there's totally nonsense. Yeah, 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 that's not... That's that's a that's a farce. Um, it's like the relationship with with the work. Actually, it's like a re- that that phrase is. I found it's so much more of having a positive relationship with the discipline. Correct. Than anything. Yep. I think, and there's a certain amount of part about being freelance and entrepreneur that, that it's always when you wake up that it's only you. And You're you unemployed. Get, you got to put that fire in your butt to get moving. Yeah. And that that has definitely increased. I think with the weight and the responsibility of like my apartment, you know, I have Rupert, my dog, like mm-hmm. all of these life things, you start to see and zoom out and scale and see certain decisions and how you need to go about stuff to make things grow organically. Mm-hmm. 
But for me, with my career, I'm always trying to think a big picture of like, how can I make this sustainable that I'm not just day to day just trying to make this work right? Because you get projects, starts, it ends, and then what, right? So some of that balance, I think, is outside of just the day to day of just doing the work is trying to zoom out. Like my dad always tells me, you need to at least take like half a day to think about what you're doing, Hmm. not just the doing. And I try to, I try to really think about culturally like clients and artists that I want to grow and help build and what that can ultimately end up on top of what I need to do day to day to make it work. But I am also, I'm always trying to zoom out as much as I can to have a worldly view of seeing what is going to grow myself and my art. Cause I feel at the moment that I stop caring and I'm jaded and like that, then I'm not good for, for art anymore. True. And I'm not good for other people. Um, so you need to find things that are moving forward and progressing at the same time, managing your day to day, which is a really, we're talking about all, you know, and human beings, we're talking about trying to be present more all the time, but that changes your mindset a lot. Cause you, you end up having to kind of, Sometimes you're, you know, you're thinking about the future, you're thinking about day to day, you're trying to make rent, utilities, especially early on, it's been tough. But you're also trying to think about like, on top of that, the next five, 10 years, if, you know, my idea is that I, if I want to continue this and I'm planning on building this and retiring from it, I also need to have in my mind, like, how can this be a sustainable long-term thing? I have so many questions to ask you. Yeah, yeah, no, I I want a couple things. This is awesome. I hope that helped. No, that's awesome. Um, A couple things you said made me really want to go off on to – I have have so many questions too because I've I've been privileged to watch your journey from from right out of school – actually, in school, technically. Literally. I mean, you you came to my house while I I was in college. Yeah. So you've seen – That's wild. I forgot about that. Um, That's crazy. I forgot about. I didn't forget about that, but I, I like didn't realize the time frame of that. And I do want to talk about the the transition period of like. I think it'd be helpful to kind of show where I was at yeah. in January. Yeah, I do want to get to that. Cool. All right, let's definitely. I don't talk mind about getting that. a little raw there. You, while while we're in business mode, yes. Before we get too before we get too deep on a lot of stuff, which I know we will. Um, your workflow, in essence, is always in flux. How do you? You, you talked about your dad's dad's wisdom of like you have to spend half a day to think about what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, working working on your business. Yes. Um, how do you time block? Well, actually, two questions. Let me let me let me combine a couple of things so I can have you flow, <laughs> flow yeah, them easily. Sure. How do you time block for a a nearly impossible? And it's not like I don't know the world. Like I know how hard it no, is you, to you to, know exactly. Yeah, I know how hard it is to keep any sort of um, routine and normalcy in a studio world. So how do you time block? How do you generate business? Lead generation, as we call it in, in the real estate world. Lead gen, you have nothing without lead gen. You, right. have, to, you yeah. have to generate business. We've seen musician and engineer friends struggle with that very thing over yeah. and over again. It's hard, but it's, an, it's a critical part of your business. Um, how do you put those things together? Yeah. So tell me the first time blocking time blocking. Let's go there first. Um, being a lot, I'm a lot more strict and disciplined with my time than I was years ago. I think you have to be, if any sort of creative field, so that when late nights, early mornings, having to say yes to things early on, you have to be very disciplined with your personal time. I am very much under the mindset right now that I'm, I'm trying to sacrifice a little bit, very bluntly of some sleep and some personal time to get ahead right now. It's a little bit of an unbalanced period, but um, I know within that, that I do need to take time to check in with myself. The moment that like, I feel like really just basic things like exercising, breathing, drinking water, like checking in with some human things. I just make better decisions when I'm able to, all right, I need at least, I know for myself personally in my week, like yesterday, I needed Sunday night particularly to to shut off. Mm. I need at least one night in a week to really sit with my own thoughts. I don't think I'm good for... I don't think we're good for human beings if we, if we don't have some time with your own thoughts and constantly distracting. Completely agree. Um, very, you know, it's not always a sexy answer, but saying no to more personal things. I think, I, you know, if I want to get ahead and having to do that, you know, there's just certain recreational and friend things that I just... I'm not at a moment that I'm I'm not particularly available for it. And I making the choice 
right now to sacrifice a little bit of that to get to where I want to get. I love I love that you said that because it's so relatable to to me and Megan in our business right now. Mm-hmm. Like we're in one of those seasons where like there's a lot of stuff that's getting sacrificed because we know we have to work hard. And you saying it, it's it was it's fuel for me to hear too because we're in we're in that season. But you know that different from when we were in our early twenties. Yep. <laughs> we know you know that there has to be a a, a cycle to it. There has yes. to be some sort of rhythm to it because there's going to be a downtime that we're going to ha- we're either going to have to take or our bodies are going to force us to yep. take. But in the meantime, right now, because of where your business at is at, it's relatable to us for the season we're in too. Um, it's it's no head down, nose yeah. to the grind. Like we have work to do, but there's an end game. There's a clear end game, and you seem to have um, defined that in terms of the life cycle that your business is in right now, where you're at being aware of like, cause that can quickly become into, you know, becoming a workaholic. It can be a very unhealthy quick. Like you need to know some sort of cap or some, to be able to be honest with yourself and your mental health and your physical health of like, there's a certain point that you're not being an efficient car. Now you're just like working to work. And then you start doing parallel product- productivity where you're doing things that like feel like you're helping yourself, but you're just filling a void. That's not good. Yeah. So when you're like, I've been in that where it's like weeks and weeks go by and you're just running on like a sleeping coffee and you're not taking care of yourself. And then you start, your brain starts finding distractions, other ways to do things like work. And all of a sudden you're like, I could have done this in six hours, but I'm so out of whack. This is taking me 10. Is that, is that a, is that part of the maturing process? A hundred percent. Like you need to know burnout. You need, you need the perspective. You need to be unbalanced at some point to know how to rein yourself in. Hmm. At some point you need to spill over. I think with anything, it's like yeah. it doesn't have to just be a creative entrepreneurial job. It can be a spiller from finding your balance at your nine to five with your boss and realizing like if you're doing extracurricular activities, there's going to be a cap and a mental limit. Like you're going to reach a wall. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, really, um, it's somewhat simpler. Like I had an opportunity to hang out with some friends late Saturday night after session and I knew Sunday was my only day off and I really needed to check in with myself. I felt very tired. Yeah. And that was one quick practical example of like, I'm not going to go out and grab a drink with my friends. Like I'm going to get some sleep early, have my one day off to have a little bit of clarity. So I'm not just like completely slugging it. And I feel a lot better today. I'm yeah. glad I did it. That's awesome. I know there, there's another party I can go to, you know? Yeah. It's not personal. Yeah. It's always there. But yeah. this right now, this is, if I, if in my life and I want to enjoy and not have regrets, like I need to see this through. Yeah. It's easy from the party thing. It's like in some ways it's easy for you to be the guy that shows up when you can because you have the the super interesting career. <laughs> There's a, I think yeah, it's funny. There is a little bit of inherent it goes two ways. It's either like, oh, you can always book a session, you make your schedule. Some of my closer friends that are ball busters and they're like, Oh dude, I know you can take that night off. I'm like, Well, it's not that simple. Yeah. Just because I choose to work doesn't mean that I like I'm just gonna willy nilly just cancel and move stuff around all the time. Yeah. Again, you have to have some baseline of being strict with your time. And like when I book something and I do something in advance, I'm, I'm doing it. You yeah. know, everything we schedule together, like it's it's pretty it's pretty clear. We're doing this at this time and that you have to be disciplined in this job. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really trying to get better at it personally. You know, post COVID, I think with a lot of us, certain things that I got lazy about my brain, my mind and. Mm-hmm. How many bad habits were bad developed habits? Over, it, yeah, oh. enveloped, and now I'm like, it's been a year of kind of like getting back out of the batter's box, and really, that's why I said I feel a lot more confident today than I did over the summer. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so let's so in that same vein of um, in that same vein of structure, um, lead generation. Yeah, what does that look like for you? So many people in business missed it, and I, I'm I was saying this in the last podcast where I had George on that. I didn't realize that the entire time I was at Architect. I realized I realized sphere like sphere of influence generating referrals. Sure. But I never realized I remember I, I uh, George and I um worked on our exit agreement and I stepped away from the business and I got Meg Meg and I went like head first into real estate and I read Gary Keller's The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. And the 
whole beginning of that is essentially outlining the activities that any business needs to do. And one fundamental, the fundamental, most fundamental one is lead generation. And you need to spend time every week, every day, especially in, in our industry, every day cultivating business. Yes. And I remember calling George like, George, it's lead generation. That's the thing we've been missing. And, yep. you know, of course he gets, you know, brings in his whole call. Now he's got a whole lead thing. And yeah. He's got like a essentially inside sales thing. But so many people in business, especially solopreneurs, you're not a solopreneur right. anymore, but um, solopreneurs, indie music teachers or indie studio guys. You know, it's just them in their studio. You have them under your roof, but it's, right, right. You know, you you have a larger larger infrastructure. But um, so many people miss that. What is lead gener? And it's way different for me. I could call sure. a neighborhood. What does lead generation look like for you um, to maintain to sustain your business to grow your business? Yeah, I think the short answer is I will have a more cohesive and complete answer. In six months, I'm really building up the work right now to kind of deliver and go more in the offense next year. So that mm-hmm. might not be the sexiest answer. No, that's good. At the moment, though, I would be kidding and telling you that a decent amount at the moment before I really go on the offense with social media is through word of mouth, which I'm very grateful for. Sure. That backing up from that, um, I think you hire a lot of people with a lot of things, an artistic thing because of their taste and their palate. I do, I do subconsciously, consciously you find certain things of like their taste of things that they like and their, their form of art. I think people do resonate with that. Yeah. I do think like the type of restaurants, uh, movies, film, like I just have an interest in just trying so many different things. Even if I don't like it that I do, that's one thing confident. I think people know I have a relatively explorative mind. I like trying new things. Sure. New records. I like controversy. I like things that push the needle. And even if I don't agree with it, Hmm. um, I would hope and from what I've been told from a couple peers, that that is something that I think resonates with people, consciously or subconsciously. So that I think I do think that goes into some of the word of mouth of like bands I've worked with. Um, OHT obviously has been culturally a big benefit for that, but a sure. lot of bands I think we really um, it takes some time to kind of build that word of mouth. Hmm. Going back to lead generation. I think when people hear a record from 100,000 that kind of uh, reaches outside of a little bit of the, the local scale, let's say, mm. getting comments on YouTube, Reddit, you know, some of the reaction videos that we had. Um, I think those are some of the moments of things that I think really, when I think of like longevity and long-term, what builds things, I think of moments like that. Yeah. I think of during the YouTube live stream we did of the whole record and I look at the couple comments and this might just be a value and priority to me, but I think what I resonate with in my business of what I want from my clients is like when I see someone from Siberia or Russia, whatever the fuck it was like, I'm listening to this record. I'm having like, you know, I'm loving this and there are other, uh, that to me. Yeah. There's uh, one girl that commented, I'm, I'm up at 4am. I wouldn't miss this for exactly. But a band, you know, that goes into some of the lead generation with some of the bands that help, I think, really culturally. OHT is a band that I do think has had some sort of influence on people that have reached out and complimented us, you, myself, on the technical side, the music side. That really goes back into some palette and taste and some of the stuff you work on that people are known for. Hmm. You get a lot of different from answers from different people, though, today. Um, There's so many ways to skin the cat, I think. I haven't particularly delved into the short form content of YouTube shorts or um, TikTok just yet, which is a completely different conversation that I don't always personally resonate in my art, which I can get into. Um, but it works for different people in different ways. And every every business is different. I think I'm a little bit more on the conservative side of, of not showing my whole hand yet of what this is. And I, I don't want to speak too preemptively of like what I'm going to do or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still figuring that out. You know, I feel yeah. like it's a work. Same with the business. I have a lot of good things happening right now. I'm almost trying to archive them to go much more on the offense for next year. Okay, cool. The winner will be spent finishing the website, getting some of the content down, and really being able to push. Again, because so many things changed and happened in ways that I'd, I'd rather not be so reactive and I feel a lot more clear now on how I want to attack. Do you look at Glower as a 
a creative outlet. I'm trying to figure the you you phrase it you phrase it really specifically before, but do you look at Glower as a creative as an artistic expression? It should be for everyone when you walk in the building. Like I, I want full I want you to be I think with something even, you know, with it being on the sub four, like that is when let the mask off of the day and come to a place that you can envelop in your art. Hmm. Uh, it definitely plays a role. It does. Like I want you to this is this is it should truly be a place of expression. And I want to push that and have people allow themselves to not feel like they're walking into a um one part of my business is I don't want to create this idea that you are there just to very simply look cool on social media. That is not my calling in life. That is not what I'm here to do. That may uh, be a little bit cold and aggressive, I think, in terms of perception, but I really want to work with artists and bands that want to push the needle and say something. And for me to have that, Glower needs to be a place where you can be vulnerable and real. Mm. And that's not always right or perfect. It can be messy. Yeah. I like that. Do you think that that's a reaction from... There's any any bit of that's that's a reaction from SSL era architect because there was some of that. Yeah, there definitely was. Um, I think a lot. I I would be kidding to say that some of my decisions wouldn't be subconsciously reactionary in some ways. I think I've really needed this year's really been able to find myself and who my art is and kind of let my hair down, so to speak. And I'd be kidding to say that some of this stuff definitely didn't influence it. The you know it's. The SSL era of, of kind of like architect and stuff like that, for me, a um, couple things. I think that really showed, it brought me warmth and comfort on doing something on a high level with high level people. That's like the first you know, pro mm-hmm. I can say of like, what got me of like, oh, we can do some, some cool shit here on a high level with yeah. some badass players. Yeah. And we definitely did that over and over. I think pretty consistently. Um. But I, I think ultimately how we went about lead generation and what our goals were, we weren't necessarily morally aligned or all on the same page. I think you and I have always kind of had a similar taste and palate. We're very different people, but I don't know. There's always like a connection I feel like you and I have had. I, I, I can't, I'm, I don't know, help me out here. I can't I know, put I, it in words. I, I, have, I have the way I, I, I have a way that I interpret it that I wouldn't have defined up until recently. Sure. Um, I've always known this about my business partnership with my wife um, because of the way our, our marriage is. We, um, and Alex Hauser on our team, who's one of the sales agents on our team, and, a, and a very good friend, shout out to Alex, and a very good friend um, a long time ago before we ever went into business together, um, was basically talking about Meg and I. And it's like, you guys are the only people I know that like legitimately argue to resolution. And I, and I, I always thought that was funny. And Meg and I were like, Oh, it's kind of funny. Yeah, we do. We do do that. But I think about that. And in our relationship and George and I had this, have, have this relationship, always had this relationship at architect prior to architect. Um, when you were, were you an assistant yet? I mean, you were no. you were like right out of school. I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting on Johnson Avenue in the Bronx. Um, I dropped Meg off to. We were going to the grocery store. When oh, that's we, right, because we you were in the Bronx. Riverdale. Okay, okay. I was like, well, I was at the Bronx. So this was this was either 2014 or 2015, and we were in the Bronx, and you were getting into you were arguing with me for a good reason i don't even remember what the context was you were arguing with me for a really good reason on the phone you were like on like i don't know if you were on the verge of quitting but it certainly felt like that you were on the verge of something and you were passionately arguing with me for betterment for for something to be better for resolution for something and that moment has always stuck with me um, because although I think I think the the roots of that conversation were because you were in a bad place and maybe or you were frustrated with a lot of the things that were within my control and I was probably I was probably sure. contributing to it yeah but like the the willingness to 
fight me. Yeah. I love. And like not everybody my Meg and I have a, a, a business coach and she when we first started our working relationship with each other, you know, one of the easy coach questions is on a scale from one to ten, and you have to be really self aware to answer this one, on a scale from one to ten, how honest can I be with you? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I told her eleven and I meant it. She thought you were full of shit. She found out a month ago that I meant eleven. Yeah. And it was like all of a sudden breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And like, I know a lot of people are not that way. I don't know if that's necessarily a good or a bad thing, but I do, yeah. it's good for, it's good for me. It's a positive thing for me. Um, I grew, you know, my dad's a, an attorney and a judge. So like, it's not that we fought it's uh, to me. It's not fighting. It's, it's arguing your case. It's presenting a case right. and saying, and back in 2015 or whenever it was, you were making a case like, hey, this is not working or, or this is not working for me or there's a big picture here. Um, and, and we pushed through and grew and resolved and, and you and I have had a great um, working relationship and partnership and friendship and, and all the other things it grew into. But um, I think that's to your, to your point, your question, and I think that to me is a thing that I – I always appreciated your willingness to um, to fight. I, I just think that's such a primal. I think I think like a Jordan Peterson. No, thing, no, but no. It's, but it, no, it's true. Yeah, and I and I want to differentiate a little bit. I think, especially the last couple of years, I think people really blur the lines between passive aggressive, assertive, and aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I think some people misconstrue, especially today, language directness as being an asshole. And I, yeah, and I disagree. Yep. I yeah. think sometimes, you know, there's that balance of being, there can be that balance of being disingenuine with trying to not get to something and trying to constantly just make the other person feel something that, that isn't necessarily true when you have, their motives are obviously, they have an issue with something, but the way they go about it is very much in protective of the person's ego in an, in my opinion, sometimes an unhealthy way. Yes. Where you're not being honest to them for the sake of what they need to hear to change. Yes. Hundred percent, and but that's a t- it's it is a subjective thing to argue. It's difficult because you know you can make arguments about being too cold, too warm. But I do think we've lo- especially right now we've lost that because the internet, especially you know I'm trying to think about like in terms of business, people are so brutal online, stuff like that, and you kind of come back to a playing field a lot day to day, and um, things are different. You it's know? like being on the playground when you're playing tag. Yep, being offended is akin to being on base. Yes. If I'm if I'm offended, all of a sudden you can't touch me. Yep. Nope. It's yeah. There is some parallels to that, right? You're protecting yourself, but that doesn't get you anywhere. And at some point, you're gonna. At some point in life, it's going to. You're going. We're going to be humbled by something that it's not the way we we think we should hear something. Yeah. Someone's going to disrupt that. And how you receive it, I I like hearing that, and I think people are are uncomfortable giving that and especially when you're a strong personality you're a strong personality you've grown a bit probably you're probably baseline kinder than me (laughs) but it's It's like like you're but you're when you're a strong personality people have a hard time other than other strong personalities people have a hard time that's always been a real challenge for me is people who are in subordinate positions um don't want to don't want to tell me i'm screwing up Sure. And it's like, no, but I want you to. Yeah. I need you to. I mean, someone has to. Your your engineers around you. Yep. You know, the people who are plugged into Glower, the people who are plugged into Shane Stanton, producer, engineer, mixer, you, that's critical. You need perspective. You need, you you know, as this with bands too, you need that one guy. You need, even your friend, man. If you're like hanging out with your, if you guys were playing some new HD demos and like one friend was just like, doesn't know anything about music, but he's just like, yo, this sucks. Thank they're, God they're in the room. Yeah, there might be some there might be some merit to that. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that's obviously that's a very quick, short, dirty example, but um doesn't always work on my benefit, or there's a bit of resistance up front. But I, I am I will try to provide some sort of challenging to my clients and artists because I do want to push art and their art forward for something bigger than we came into. I'm uh 
I'm I'm not for everyone in terms of like trying to play it safe. I guess you could say. Yeah. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. Because exactly what we're talking about, you can't do with every client. No. No, no, no. Absolutely not. It's hard to make that switch, though. <laughs> it's really hard. For I'm, me, It's I find it really hard to make that. Because, like, you know, we'll go out. I'll go out with a client that says, you know, oh, I want to I wanna fix her upper because I know that, I know that I'm going to spend less than I will when it's done. And then you go into the property and you're like, mm. I think shifting. Uh, I have a lot of pride and love for my dad and learning how to talk to different people Mm. he between his company and incomes different walks of life having to be able to adjust and social and be socially aware and talk to people like human beings not just see them as like hierarchies like that that's been i grew up with watching him he's a great communicator and like i do have a lot of lot to to thank him for that's awesome because you know a signed label band coming in and then just a cover band on weekends like you you can't use it's a different it's a totally different beast oh yeah different vernacular it's not like i'm being disingenuous to my path or my journey or my business it doesn't mean a lesser product for either but it's a different it's a different lens you need to view through you're meeting them where they're at you gotta meet them where they're at yeah i love that i mean this you know it's not we're not uh if the expectations are set clear that this is a fun thing like that i mean we're not then we're not spending three months making fucking thriller, you know? Right. Sorry. Um, but you know what I mean? Like the, just, you got to read the room. Yeah, totally. It's, it's such a key. It's such a key point. Cause if you can, if you can meet somebody where they're at, you, it's such, I mean, that's like, that's a blueprint elemental thing for, for customer service sure. in your business, knowing that. And you've seen, you've seen the type, but like, you know, somebody walks through. You you mentioned co- cover band recording on the weekends for fun, and a signed label band. Like you know, engineers that are getting the the, sign, the cover band on the weekend project, and are like pissed about it. And they're like, they're not serious. It's like, yeah, they're not. They're here to have fun. It's, yeah, this is not the time for that. But especially when especially now more than ever, you gotta let that go. Yeah. yeah. If the expectations are set clear, I think, and that's if you want you want that business. Like, do you want the gig? If you don't want the gig, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be honest with yourself and tell yourself that there's nothing worse than just seeing the guy just grunt, grinding through something that you could tell is just his souls removed from. Yeah. Ugh. I think with anything like it, going back to what we were saying with arc, I wanted to have more intention with, with what I was doing. It didn't necessarily care at the moment at the time that it was studio or something else, but it was like, I need more of a path. Yeah. I'm not being my most effective. Like put me in a project or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to do something with intent and do something with passion and do it well. Mm. But I, you know, it's custodian in the, it's the custodian, in the high school doing his thing. Like as long as you give a shit what you do. Yeah. It's all I care totally. about in life, man. Totally. The custodian. I mean, that's like the best. That's, that's the, the it's the quick, but it's true. I have Mr. Allen for me. I remember Centennial Lane elementary, the dolphins first grade. Every day after aftercare, the nicest, sweetest guy. And you could tell, man, mop the hell out of that floor, too. Yeah. Got to love what you're going to do. You got to love what you do. It's all good. Just love work, you know, whatever your, whatever life you try to you. carve out a couple happy moments in your life with what we have. Because, again, there's none of this is, uh, there's nothing, you know, there's so many fun parts of it, but, you know, I don't get a chance to really talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff and really the non-sexy part of the business like I do now and be a little more raw. So yeah. it's nice to be able to be a little more open and be like, no, yeah, you, you guys see the fun end result outcome. But there is, you know, there's a lot of work that, that takes to get to this point. Yeah. All right, so let's rip the Band-Aid off. Sure. A couple, uh, so many, so many lessons I know, I know we can extract from your entrepreneurship journey. And just talk how we got started last year. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about it like a rub, oh a couple rubs being pulled. Yeah. So describe your... And we can talk about it now that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Describe your your process leading up to Glower. Uh, like, yeah. wh- how, did, how did we get How did we get here? How did we get here? Um, there was a long, I'm trying to make this uh, not too long. Within 2021, George and I were both transitioning into me leaving the studio, going our separate ways. He gave me, thank God, he gave me a lot of time to kind of figure it out. 
we started looking at properties together, mm-hmm. so on. I was doing my own thing. I think I looked, I logged over like 120 properties that that last year. Oh my gosh! Between residential flex, uh, that wasn't with me. <laughs> maybe at least I think you. I mean, we probably saw four or five, but I mean, you sent me at least 15, 20. True, and then, yeah, then yeah. we had this year, so it's not even like we we yeah. only went in person a couple, but yeah. anyways. Um, so a lot of last year was still working at Arc and then trying to transition to what the next step was eventually to be Glower. I had found a house that had a separate house in the backyard that I had pretty much gotten permission and signed the lease that I was going to uh, renovate and build into a proper studio. This was going to be a very different vision at the time because it was going to be more post-production, more mixing, less... There wasn't a live room. I don't... What was the square footage of that that little thing? 200 square feet? Yeah, square nothing. Feet? It was a mixed suite, you yeah. know, with a little... With a little it was cool. It was dope. No, it was, it was great. Very cool. Very quaint, beautiful. Um, had mountain views. Really cool uh, on the deck. Had a beautiful hot tub over top looking at the mountains. You could see the city from there. It was insane. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, within very quickly, that became, that went awry and became a total slumlord situation. Awful. I don't know if it's, you know, Go it, for was, it. it was not a, um, just some immediate red flex. And I think this can go into some things you can tell right away with uh, some oh, of your yeah. clients and some of your work. I had su- the one thing I, I let me back up and say is I had such a specific situation that what I will say and what I did isn't probably the mindset for the, your average person or people listening to this. It's a very, it's a very specific thing I'm doing. Right. And to get permission to renovate something on a rental that the lease was basically, um, it was going to be like first to buy or something like that. I think was yeah. the lease at the time. Yeah. Cause yeah, I was interested. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could tell within like a month, just the toilet was kind of funky, just flush and weird. <laughs> and uh, some of the other issues we had too very quickly um, within like the first two weeks. I mean, the roof leaked on a brand new TV I installed like two hours before. I think it was like watching uh, one of the Harry Potters late at night. And then I just like hear these drops happening. I'm like, what the hell's going on? All of a sudden, the, the TV just cuts black and I look behind. The whole thing's just dripping on oh. the TV. And that took a. Uh, even with video and photo proof, that took a minute to get uh, to get some you know some pushback to get back what I needed for that too. Um, but the toilet thing really became bad, and to a point where um, there was really just a lack of quick accountability for it. And we were I hate always using this term, but we were really like gaslit and bullied into think that you know this is our first apartment and we're young and we don't know any better and this is just normal call. I mean, no, you had a cesspool backing up into the house. Yeah, so <laughs> See, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a little thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a major issue. But perception was in the phone that we were constantly being bullied and and threatened by this guy in very odd ways until the the moment where he physically threatened me and flipped off the handle when I made a complaint to our realtor. Crazy. Um. So yeah, you uh, you provided a lot of. I reached out to you pretty much in a pretty serious emergency panic. And once you, you te- once you sent me what he was telling you, which was crazy. And if you're a landlord, listen, and the the audience base to this is business owners and landlords and real estate. Oh, that's great. And so from a landlord perspective, it was just insane. It was insane talk. It was like what I would expect from it would. It was like what I would expect from a holdover tenant on a property I bought. It was like the reverse. Yes. And once you sent it to me, I was like. The lights on the dashboard could not have been brighter. I was like, bro, you got to get out of there yeah. right now. So we did everything we could. You yeah. helped me with some of the language and the verbiage to uh, transition and make that work. Um, yeah. And uh, we pretty much got the okay that we could leave, which was a mistake on his part. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he didn't realize that he gave us the okay. So we left. And New Year's Eve. We ended with my girlfriend and I at the time, my dog, and I had moved my entire studio and house into my living room. And I remember watching the Pete Davidson TRL at 7.30, and I'm eating my Chinese food on top of a bass drum in my living room, which is, you know, the size of a closet. Yeah. And I moved everything in my whole life, and that's where, uh, that was the pause. That was how 2022 started January 1st. My girlfriend and I at the time, we were sitting in front of 
TV watching New Year's Eve, the Pete Davidson, Miley Cyrus thing. Just kind of wondering, uh, what was it? Like a 72-hour period, I think, between you and I had communicated and I had left. Yeah. Which we both moved, not just my personal, we moved in October 1st was the lease. I moved in the studio from ARC, excuse me, in December. So at that point, I already moved, you know, two times. And then I moved everything back to my old apartment with Alex. Moved. And then from there, a couple sleepless nights, a couple days to kind of recover and just figure out what's happening on this planet for me. And uh, thank God, you know, in some ways that... The transition I ended up, you know, I'm, I'm hazing over some of the details, but you were uh, very thankful and lucky to have you let me transition or at least figure out the studio thing for a bit so I can at least make rent and figure out how to like get on my two feet or what that even was going to look like. Yeah. Um, you don't realize how many, I mean, granted in this scenario, and I'm not, I'm not looking at this for any sort of self aggrandizing perspective, yeah. but like it's one of those situations where you realize, especially especially in business and especially in life, like most people have a lot more, a lot more resources to lean on than, Mm -hmm. than they realize when things get, when things get bad, you were in a bad situation. I was probably just the easiest in a line of people who were like, all right, cool. Let's figure out let's how how can we, how can we make this work? Um, and I think that's, I think that's one of the coolest things that people don't really realize the net that you can sh- can and should create for yourself and the camaraderie that like there's a lot of ways to there's a lot of ways to land on your feet and I, it, may, it may hurt but it may hurt but the one thing is i couldn't go to everyone and the short answer is just because perception you again going back to the beginning of the conversation you understand a little bit of these highs and lows more than some people in my life just told me like what are you doing just get a normal job at that point which that is never going to be productive in me moving into someone's place. So that's right. something I will say personally, it makes me more comfortable being with you is because like, sure. You know, it's just, it's part of life. It's raw. It's real. I mean, like that, that month of January was hard to get out of bed some mornings and try to figure out like where I was going to land my feet. I lost a lot on top of time, which you never get back. I lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things I've been working till the last 10 years like that. And then never, it still hasn't come back. And it took me a bit to, figure my shit out. Yeah. So you moved in, moved back to your old apartment. Yep. You moved your studio into my basement, which was awesome. Actually, that was, it was fun. fun. I actually think I got more music done during that you period did. because it was like constant something happening. Yeah. I was just cooking up down there. Oh, it was awesome. Like, it was awesome. And then a couple times I remember, uh, I was working on an EDM track. I think when you had, a uh, your group that one night and I just remember oh. hearing like the doom, Doom, my, doom. my Bible study Tom, is yeah. over. All Tom, of a sudden, we just hear boom. <laughs> just, a, just a rise. <laughs> yeah, Tom was telling me, he's like, I think one night we were chatting, and he's like, oh, no, he's just working on music downstairs. But yeah, yeah I had uh, worked with you, and then I think at some point, I think at some point personally for me, I was like, I still want to do this. I still need to see this through without having... I'm not going to let this extraneous circumstance get in my way, or at least I'm going to try this one more time and go all the way in. Started just kind of pulling back up Zillow and Yelp. Not Yelp. Uh, yeah. Uh, Yelp. LoopNet. LoopNet. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. Realtor.com. Yeah, all those. And just casually kind of stuff. Then we found the one that and it, Greg came with us too. Jamie, um, what up? You were quiet for a while. On, I mean, you were just... About a month and a half. And yeah, then, you, were just, you were just getting in the groove, and it was cool, and you sent me a property, and I was like, all right. Cool. <laughs> now the brain's yep. going. Let's let's get it back in action. Which pretty quickly came from like me looking at like a hundred to like less than five, and then we found the one very quickly. So yeah. we we drove to the one that was where was that by the way? The first one that I sent you that was, was a Netcom, kind of gnarly. Yeah, it was like a, a lot of work to build up. Yeah, it was like nine kilo garage. You would have yeah. been better. Off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, let's like, just start from scratch. Yeah. That's um. Then you're like, oh, I got two properties in Booten one day, and first one was great. Could have worked too. Could have been the current Glover. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to paraphrase, and this. it's and it's actually another one of my clients rented it. They ended up getting it. Yeah, um, Meg's uh, hairdresser, Rachel Sweet Roots. Oh, she's, okay, she's that's them there. there. Yeah, I just saw the Booten uh, Instagram thing for it. Yeah, small world, man. Yeah, it is. So yeah, then we found the three of us on a Thursday morning. Yeah, it was a Thursday morning when Boot Coffee and a 
so it was cool. it was hard to uh the initial shock like it was hard to contain the excitement i was pumped <laughs> i was trying to like keep it i was trying to keep myself level after the last couple months of like where my expectations were and not trying to completely just an emotional more difficult spot so i didn't want to also like oh my god everything's gonna be amazing everything's gonna be perfect i wanted to be patient with myself yeah not be a naysayer but you know sure one of my one of my big whys is i want to own a bunch of studios in in inspiring places it's one of my big halo yeah things, like just to be able you've to, always thought about it and i want you to see that through ah uh, it's so cool but like i never get to combine my real estate and my studio thing i never get to so going out like i was trying to contain yeah. my excitement because it's like i don't get to do it. i've done it three times ever i did it when we were looking for architect that's Butler. a long gap in between huge gap huge gap i mean you were a different different person you're a kid versus an adult oh, now. And 2016 when we looked at uh, Glen yeah, Rock. Yeah, Rock. Which I was searching in 2015. Ironically, I looked at the place that ended up... Alex uh, Goldenthal came with me. We went and looked at the place that ended up being the new Boot and Coffee. That's right, because you've been... I love that building. What was it before? Bob's Men's Store in Booten. Very interesting place. Interesting. The building's super cool. It would have worked out great for Architect. Um, but... We ended up buying Glen Rock, and it was that was a great move. That building's awesome. Still, that was a great move. That's a good. That's a good deal, and it's appreciating for George, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but that's only three times ever. <laughs> so yeah, I so it's almost like it yeah, super cool. I keep trying to get Bill Jordan, our mutual friend and your client, to uh, to shout out Bill, man. Th- th- shout out to Bill to go and look at like studio. I mean, he could he could do like a cool studio operation. I'll run it for him. Yeah. I'll be his day to day guy. Yeah, it'd be awesome. At the shore. Yeah, I know. Be ridiculous. I think just anywhere we can change your environment. Again, going back to like when you guys came for those five days with me, it's different. We could have done it piecemeal, mm-hmm. but we all know it's not the same. It's not like it would have been better or worse, but it's a different experience coming to be with me. Yeah. And do it five days in a row. I enjoyed it way more. I'm glad. Being at a studio that I didn't own. Yeah. That makes sense. Way more. Well, you also... I didn't want to leave. Well, yeah. You also... I mean, it was... You know, personally, it was a tough time because, like, you would have left the company... You left the company, like, a month ago, and they were like, all right, let's start this incredibly intimate motion record after a company you just left and track drums at a place you didn't own anymore. I mean, that's a... It's a raw... Yeah. Yeah, it was a tough one. It's a different different mindset for everyone there today. Oh, man. Zodi- yeah, that record... OHT's Zodiac... For those of you listening, I have a band. It's called One Hundred Thousand. We released a record called Zodiac and Chain, mixed and hey. mixed, mastered, engineered, or not mastered, mixed, engineered, produced. Um, sixth band member for sure. Um, definitely my the proudest work I've ever done to date. I still think it's far fun. beyond anything I ever did with anybody else. <laughs> the, the 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 comments we get from just the warmth and like the impact that people made, I think, kind of say, yeah, everything, yeah. And it's such a transitionary time. Like you said, I mean, it was such a transitionary time for me. But um, I mean, that's when art's made. Exactly. I mean, the, that wouldn't have come out if you were doing great. So, so, all right, you move out. You found the spot. Mm-hmm. You move out of my basement. <laughs> this is awesome. It's been lonely without you. Um, you move, move out of my basement. Um, you start this awesome thing. Um, oh, man. How I'm trying to think what in... What aspect? Yeah. Wh- so, so you started Glower. Um, you knew obviously this. This is essentially a house hack. It's a it's a commercial rental house hack. It's basically a house. Yeah, it's basically an apartment, right? Yeah, yeah. glorified. But the the house hacking element of it, you have engineers who are part of your world. Yes, that contribute to the they. To say that they rent space is functionally the correct. Fundamentally, yeah. Fundamentally, it's it's the correct thing, but that's not really what it is. It's like a co-op. They're buying into. No, I mean we're building. It's very much like a Power Rangers culture. Very simply, like in terms of that, like we are. It's a. It's a. You know. It's 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 a cool food court of creative collective trying to make and build something for the next generations. That's so cool. And you're around. Same with like Sterling, like Matt, all those different mastering engineers. They're they're their own brands, but together when they eat lunch and stuff, hmm. it's all higher levels of thinking. I mean, you're around real estate agents, you're around people. The That's best. why I'm at Keller Williams, exactly. For sure, and you're around people of 
I want to be in conversations and stuff of people trying to push the next step, push the next thing, and being around people like Aaron and Louise mm. are exactly that. Yeah. And it, it's not, you know, yeah, do they run out the space, but it's obviously so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, there, it's, it always seems to me, it always seemed to me much more like a like membership in a cooperative. Their rent is essentially getting them membership in this yeah. creative collective yeah that ha- it's obviously a living breathing thing and if you're listening to this and you uh, you're in the music industry change the guy you want to connect with i you i think your space is is so it's so much more than even we saw when we looked at the property cool because you've moved in and you've created you've given it i've tried to really every time you know if someone's in there is like oh you've really grown i'm like I'm, I, it's it's living yeah. breathing just like this building you know it's like it's Putting my stank and my personality into <laughs> stank. my stank. It, so it's got it. On it. If it, you got to be growing, it's like it, this is art to me. Yeah, and my space is exactly that too. If I'm not evolving, I'm not, I'm not good for anyone. So, so let's say, look, five years down the road, everything you touch turns to gold. What is what is your world going to look like? What is the business going to? What is your your studio business going to look like? What is your creative business going to look like? What other endeavors are you running after? I think uh, curating and building next generation of forward-thinking producers and, and other creatives in audio fields. I think building, sort of um, developing. I really want to get more into... I enjoy working with people, and I enjoy you know, communicating, and I enjoy managing people. I think more as I get older, I'm finding I'm, I'm decent at. And I definitely want to give back to in terms of that. And like, I want people that are challenging themselves the same way I challenge myself in challenging bands. And I, I, I want more of that. Mm-hmm. I think we need more of that art. I think we have plenty of, um, I'm trying to find someone who's just not trying to just do the status quo in terms of entertainment and art day to day. Yeah. And that's a, that's a more specific thing. That's not a, that's not a general thing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a generalist in any sense of like just wanting to just, you know, record anything. I'm not, yeah. I'm not for everyone. Um, but I do want to make sure that the people that I, that I want to get back to and stuff like that really do care about the point of making a record. It's you're making something bigger yourself to, to leave off with. It has to be worth it. What do you think physically um, changes? Do you, you know, I'm talking five years. A lot can change in five years. Gosh. Um, own the building. Yeah. On a different facility. Yeah. Um, what does it look like? What do you think? Um, I definitely want to continue after the lease, whether it's like owning the building, I am interested in. Because if I have a chance where it's like we can start building upon other people and kind of build that vision I'm kind of going towards, I don't see why other creative fields, even like the tattoo artists upstairs, I think are very forward thinking artists. And are interesting where like I, I can't see why business wise that can't spread out more. Hmm. I mean that's just one example, and there happens to be a tattoo artist conveniently above me. But I definitely want to reach seeing films being filmed on Boot and Nav like that. Like my brain goes into wider spaces than just music. I think having a place, meeting some of the guys in um, Ego Campaign, Hassan, Reg, all those guys. Um, those guys really have showing me what a collective can do when you get a couple heads together. Yeah. And I just want that to keep getting bigger. That's awesome. I like having challenging conversations with us. We can be real and raw with creatives like this. I want to be around people like this, right? It doesn't. It seems, you know, it seems it's a lot simpler than what it is. I just like people that want to constantly create challenge themselves and stay curious. Yeah. Question yourself forever forever learn and i and i just want to be around people like that whether it is owning the building a different building i don't exactly have a a particularly tangible at that but i do want this to grow in a sense where i guess i'm doing less day-to-day things and i can oversee other people that are really pushing the next step so let's just get older too yeah could you see so you know obviously (laughs) on the real estate component of it buying that building would be would be awesome Mm -hmm. do from an expansion perspective if you grow, if more people are added to it. Obviously, yeah. you guys have a, actually a pretty sizable space when you consider all the elements together. Yeah. But 
if you grow at the rate that you're likely to, you're going to outgrow. And let's say you outgrow, you, you get the building. Whatever. Like, Does expansion necessitate another building that everything goes into? Is there is there a um, expansion possibility where you have can Glower exist in two places? Yeah, the short answer is yes. It has to be. Um, there definitely. I would like to create some sort of distance. I think one of my lifelong goals and careers, though, to back up even not just for Glower, maybe for myself, if that's still within the Glower brand at that point. Because again, I'm like I. I don't. Um, I know times things change, life could change. I couldn't tell you 100% five years that what I, what I want for Glower will be what today is. But the one thing I that has not left my mind, similar to you, is have some sort of bi coastal thing. Mm. I get really I'm as much as we are creature habits. I do like change of scenery. I do. I've always had aspirations of doing an OHT record in a different place with you guys in the middle of nowhere. Even Greg uh, doing a vocal track in the middle of you know. So we cut a lead vocal in a different state in a beautiful studio. Like I. I yeah. Anything to keep building and curating, keep myself curious on learning. Change of scenery is great. Hmm. And anytime, if I can work six months out of the year, avoid the seasonal depression of the East Coast. Yeah, facts. Come back here. That's something I'm very interested in. Whether or not the scale of the business of Glower goes like that or just my own brand, because I am doing a lot more film stuff and I could see that being more of an independent entity. Hmm. So there's kind of two different... Yeah, you. Do, I mean, you definitely own two businesses. Two angles here. Yeah. I could go in very much more of managerial admin, kind of like bigger picture building, more real estate like that, or I can kind of niche down a little more into some of my film work and kind of go more solo into that. Um, and I like both at the moment, but I'm trying to be patient with myself and explore that a little more right now. It can be and. It can be and. It can be and. It doesn't have to be or. Yeah. Because essentially, Glower, you're a spoke on the wheel. Yes. It's a... It's a Yes, you're you're a branch of this. Shane Stanton, producer, mm-hmm. engineer, mixer, and so is Iron Audio, and so yep. is um, AOHL yep. Podcast, and whoever else you bring into your organization. There are spokes on the wheel, and you own the wheel, and you own your music business. So that's exciting. I'm like, I'm really excited to see. I, uh, it's a good time, and again, I'm trying to. A theme for me is I'm trying to be patient with myself, cover my bases, and try to allow myself to. Uh, I'm on the attack. Don't let me misspeak here, folks. But uh, I enjoy what I do, and I'm definitely like grinding. But I'm trying to make sure that my relationship with my business is organic, and that every step I do is with intention, and that I do because I, I I think especially with doing arts, it it has to it has to make sense. Mm-hmm. You need space. I mean, space is the canvas. You you look at all, you know. Um, I, there's a saying: silence is the matrix of music. Yes, and like you need you need space. Obviously, a canvas has to be blank before anything goes on it. And I've always felt that way. the The time I've had the most bored downtime is the time I'm most creative because you just you, sure. have, you have room to think. Yeah. You have room. So, like when you say, like, you know, I, I really love to work. You know, not work the whole year. Work a couple. You know, work six months out of the year, whatever. When you're to me, that's such a logical business progression because if you're going to own a couple things. It, you have to have space. Um, yes. Which is, so, which is cool. And I mean, let alone having one space to think about what you're doing, let alone in different places and different people and different cultures. I mean, you need to take time for perspective. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't just constantly be doing, 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 doing all the time. Okay, so um, let's wrap this up on a very light note. But thinking about yeah. the other real estate. Um, obviously, you said... Uh, location number two, West Coast. What, so what, what I want to know is location two, where on the West Coast would it be? And if you had a third location, and when I say location, I don't, you don't need to like, you don't need to have it figured out in terms of how it's actually going to happen, but just like where your mind wants to go, where you'd want to like Pacific Northwest. It. Okay, so so that's that, that's West Coast. It's okay. not it's not L A San Diego. It's not SoCal at all. It's it's really when I think about the visuals I like in film and art and stuff like that, it is San Francisco North. Got it. Uh, a couple times of vacation there. Just got back from a wedding. Did a week and a half in Oregon. I'm not talking about major cities like Portland or anything like that, but somewhere where there's a little bit more nature. Kind of get that yin and yang of New York. Yeah. West Coast a little bit slower, but still close to a major city. Yeah. I don't exactly yet, but. I like trees and the moody, the moody dark Pacific Northwest. Love okay. it. So that's so that's location two. That's an easy. 
Pacific Northwest. Where's location three? This is going to sound crazy, but uh, somewhere cold. I felt every time I go to Montreal, I fall in love. I have no mm-hmm. idea. That's a, that is such a... That is like something in the back of my mind. I've always been curious about certain parts of Canada. Every time I go there, I love it. I really enjoy it. Montreal, I think, is a beautiful city. I would want something that would be a little left of center. That or... Because I've thought about this a lot. The other one is... Uh, I fell in love with... I spent a week there with my mom and dad, not my sister. We did a week in St. Augustine, Florida. Mm. This is purely for climate and weather. This isn't business per se. Sure. I'm getting a little more fun with this now. But yeah. St. Augustine, Florida has a college called Flagler College. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those, if you know, you know, it looks like Hogwarts. It's, this old, it's one of the oldest colonial towns in Florida. It's very Spanish rooftops, very Spanish influence. It is so freaking beautiful, man. That's cool. Um, purely from climate and weather-wise. St. Augustine, Florida, beautiful. Yeah, I've heard. So, yeah, very extreme. I'm talking about, like, yeah. I love the people, Montreal, the food, the culture. I've been there, like, four or five times. I, I love it, man. I don't know. That's super cool. I love that. Yeah. I love that. All but right, those, so you got four locations mapped out. Yeah, the, you know, the last two are the fun pipe dreams, but definitely yeah. Pacific Northwest. I, you know me. I think I think really big. I've got, like, somebody, somebody said something um, the other day, like, Oh, if you had to spend a billion dollars, I'm like, I could, I could do it. I could do it. If you, How much time do you have? Yeah. I mean, I could spend a billion dollars. I'd be 12 properties in before I shifted to another right. asset class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's insane. Insane. But uh, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I think we yeah. unpacked uh, so much cool stuff. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the, what the next year looks like for you and Glower Studios. Um, where can people check you out? Yeah. Um, first of all, I appreciate you giving uh, me, us, a space to kind of share this because I don't think, you know, certain podcasts, we can always be uh, really, you know, like I said, this raw and vulnerable. So I think that's awesome. I do appreciate that. Thanks, man. And um, you can check my personal out at Shane D. Stanton. The business on Instagram is glower.studios. It is lowercase. There's not a ton of content at the moment, but we are working on that end of the year during the holidays to really roll out. Cool. A lot of the stuff we've been working on. So stay tuned for that. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah.